Hi, I'm Ritika Kocha or Dilli Ki Diva, an urban woman recording her learnings about culture, mythology, spirituality, social changes and ecology as I travel through India and other countries. Who's that knocking? Don't stand outside there. Come on in here. So today we are going to be talking about a goddess who's been alive from the Rig Vedic times, which means we go back to 1500 BC. and she's still very much alive today om shri sitayai namaha shri sita sahasra namavali sita is an ancient vedic goddess who's mentioned in the rigvedas as an earth goddess who blesses the land with good crops she's one of the goddesses who's associated with fertility a vedic hymn which is the rigveda 4.57 recites auspicious sita come down near we venerate and worship thee that thou may bless and prosper us and bring us fruits abundantly according to those vedas she is the wife of parjanya a vedic god associated with rains and indra the vedic god of rain and lightning but as we know her today it's because of valmiki's ramayan which was written in approximately 500 to 400 BC we associate her with lord ram who's an avatar of vishnu so we've changed the gods who she is associated with but that association with the fertility goddess remains in today's time we think of sita as that version of lakshmi that's associated with self sacrifice the good wife who accepts whatever her husband dishes out the one who serves rama in exile and in court The Sita that we know today is that mysterious feminine capacity to create a home around the people they love and be grateful for life's goodness even in the midst of terrible pain. The Sita we know is utterly selfless in her celebration of others. She is enduring of whatever comes her way. She is a selfless wife, the good daughter. She is waiting quietly to be rescued, to inspire her, to show her who she is. But there are other aspects of Sita which are beyond her association with ram even in today's world so valmiki actually wrote another ramayan which is called the adbhut ramayan and in that uh, sita is actually the one who kills ravan similarly there's something called the panchakanyas which is the five goddesses or the five virgins who have to be worshiped and sita is considered one of them so she is worshiped on her own as well as a personification of the earth So I'm going to return to Valmiki's story of the Ramayana, and what we don't realize is that originally Valmiki had given three names to the Ramayana. One was Ramayana, which is Ram and Anna, or the movement of Ram, or the movement of Dharma. But a second name was Sitaya's Charitra Mahat, or the story of the great Sita, her character and the soul of the story. The entire reason why the Ramayana actually happens. The storyline of the Ramayana by Valmiki is fairly simple. Sita is the prince of Mithila who is married to Ram, the prince of Ayodhya. When Ram is forced to go on a 14-year exile and is accompanied by Sita and his brother Lakshman into the Tandika forest, Ravan sees Sita and decides to abduct her. He is aided in this by the demon Marich, who transforms himself into a magical golden deer or Mayamrig that entices Sita. Ram then goes after the deer and slays it. The magical deer gives a call of help in Rama's voice, which then makes Sita force Lakshman to go and help Rama, leaving her alone. 
Ravan comes disguised as a ascetic and kidnaps her. He imprisons her in the Ashok Vatika grove in Lanka, where Hanuman finds her. Ram puts together an army and rescues her while slaying Ravan in war. When Ram doubts Sita's chastity, she undergoes a trial by fire or an Agni Pariksham, where she enters a burning pyre to declare that she has been faithful to Ram, and if she hasn't, then to let the fire harm her. She comes out unscathed with the fire god Agni giving proof of her purity. Ram then accepts Sita and returns to Ayodhya, where they are crowned as king and queen. And that's the Ramayana. That's what Valmiki has written. Uh, but he's also written another version, which is called the Adbhut Ramayana where it said that after the battle in which Ram kills Ravan, Sahestra Ravan appears, who has a thousand heads. And in the first one-to-one battle between Ram and Ravan, uh, Ram employs the Brahmastra, which then Sahestra Ravan grabs in his hand and snaps into two, as if it was straw. He then shoots his own arrow at Ram, rendering him unconscious. Seeing Ram unconscious and helpless in the field, Sita laughs and gives up her human appearance to take on the form of the Mahakali. In less than a second, she severes Sahasra Ravan's thousand heads and begins destroying Rakshasas everywhere. Innumerable mothers of every type come to the battlefield to help her and they play games with the heads of the Rakshasas. The earth shakes and almost sinks into the netherworlds, but is rescued by Shiva, who is disguised as a corpse. Realizing that the earth might be destroyed if Sita as Mahakali does not calm down, the Devtas come to appease her. Say that it's only through Shakti does the Supreme Lord become accessible, and she points to the unconscious Ram, making it clear that because he is unconscious, she will not consider the world's welfare. Brahma then restores Rama's consciousness, but as he regains awareness, he is frightened by Sita's horrific form. Brahma explains to Ram that she has taken this form to highlight the fact that everything he does, the creation and destruction of the universe, and all other activities, can only be accomplished in association with her, with Shakti. Ram is then satisfied and his fears are laid. Premi Jano, aye, haath mein pushp le karke, maa seta ke charano ka, ek hazaar pushpon se, vandan kare, poojan kare, Brahma then assures Ram that the horrific form before him is indeed Sita, and so Ram asks him who she is. She explains that she is the entity within everyone, known as Shiva, the Shakti of Lord Shiva, who can take one across the ocean of Sansara. She then gives Ram the celestial sight so that he can perceive her divine state. Seeing her true nature, he is thrilled and recites her 1008 names. At her request, she then reverts to her form as Sita, and they prepare to return to Ayodhya. आइए हाथ में पुष्प लेकर के मां सीता के चरणों का एक हजार पुष्पों से वंदन करें पूजन करें दिस इज अ वर्जन व्हिच वी डोंट नो वेरी मच अबाउट बट व्हाट वी सो व्हाट वी डू नो एज आई सेड अर्लियर इज दैट सीता इज सपोज्ड टू बी अ पर्सोनिफिकेशन ऑफ द अर्थ शी इज फाउंड इन अ फील्ड बाय किंग जनक बिथला व्हिच इज मॉडर्न डे बिहार झारखंड नेपाल and therefore she is called Janki, Methali or Vedahi. She was so strong as a child that she lifted up the table on which Shiva's bow rested. And so Janak wanted a bridegroom who could string Shiva's bow. There is also a myth that Parshuram heard the twanging of the bow when Ram strings it and he wakes from his meditation in Himalayas while the entourage is going back to Ayodhya. But Sita is the one who steps out and explains who they are. So Parsuram then bows to her, blesses her and leaves. So, as I said, I think this is a very interesting story in the sense that Sita is the one who sent out to 
explained to Parshuram, the most dangerous man who is known for killing Kshatriyas, the avatar of Vishnu, that the bow is authentic and that she has allowed Ram to lift it. As I said also, she is also considered one of the Panchakanyas, a group of five iconic heroines whose names are believed to dispel sin when recited. So along with Ahilya, Tara, Mandodri, Sita Okunti and Draupadi, Sita is considered one of the five Kanyas. All of them lack mothers in their life. Ahilya, Tara, Mandodri, Sita and Draupadi all have supernatural births, while Kunti is adopted at birth and separated from her mother. Though all the Kanyas are described as mothers, almost none of their motherhood is emphasized in the tales, except Kunti's, of course. And another common element is the theme of loss in their legends. All of them are cursed and abandoned by men in some way. Ahilya because she's supposed to have slept with Indra, Tara loses her husband, Sugriv, Draupadi loses her five sons and at various times is separated from her husbands. Uh, Mandodri loses her husband, sons and kins in war because she's the wife of uh, Ravan. So each of them suffers a tragedy and is used by men, but battle on with life and society. What I find interesting is the Mahari dance tradition from Orissa, which equates the Panchakanyas with the five elements. So Ahilya is water, Draupadi is fire, Sita is earth, Tara is wind, and Mandodri is ether. This equates back to the story of Sita being a Rigvedic goddess who is brought forward to give a sense of legitimacy to Rama as well. But we also have the idea of Sita or Mother Earth being traditional feminine goddess, believes in passive resistance, which is continuing to, on the path of submission, of love, of giving so much love to the other person without expecting anything in return that the person actually changes. It's interesting that Sita could have been Mahakali, but she chooses to be Mother Earth, the compassionate, selfless, giving Mother Earth. And that's the Shakti which we tend to remember as Sita and which has been alive for so many centuries. But if we take Sita as Mother Earth, then we can also look at Sita from another aspect, which is that when we see Sita, we always see her as connected to the Earth. We see her in Banvas. We don't know about Sita in Ayodhya at all. At all, We know Sita when she was in Banvas in the Danika forest or where she's held captive in the Ashokwatika. So Sita is the one goddess we turn to when we are facing harsh treatment or abandonment or when we want help to endure a painful situation because Sita is a compassionate goddess. But her compassion is not only for human beings. As I said, if you look at her as somebody who is Mother Earth, we also can do a meditation where we use Sita's help in taking on the sorrows of the earth. So this is a small meditation I'm going to ask you to do. And it will require a quite uninterrupted space and a comfortable posture. Sitting quietly, breathe in and out through your heart, as if there was a nose in your chest wall. Let the breath touch your heart center and soften any hardness or armor around your heart. Imagine yourself in a forest. You're sitting on a bed of moss, breathing in the scents of the trees and flowers. Breathing in, taking in the feeling of Sita's love, 
Feel that you absorb her sweet, encompassing love through your heart. Now, imagine that around you are creatures of the forest and streams, creatures whose survival as a species is threatened, species that are disappearing or have disappeared from the earth. Consider the grey wolf, the leopard, the brown bear, the tiger, the chimpanzee, the elephant, the many species of birds and animals that have already disappeared. Consider the oil on the seafloor of the Gulf of Mexico, the melting polar ice caps, the drying up of lakes, the trees and plants that are no longer living. What emotions come up when you consider these things? Rather than trying to name the emotion as anger or fear or grief, notice where you feel it in your body. What is this emotion saying to you? Now feel the presence of Sita in these feelings. Ask her to speak to you through the feelings in your body. How can you hold the pain that unfolds daily in the world with love without despair? How can Sita reveal to you the mystery of loving acceptance of what is the full catastrophe of life and your response to it? Stay with the feelings and the question as long as you need to. Imagine being embraced by the vast, compassionate, sorrowing heart of the goddess Sita. Feel the vast spaciousness of her love and understanding. Cover you up, cover your grief, cover the feeling of having been abandoned. Feel the grace that comes to you through this. Now also feel for yourself and all the feelings that are there inside your body and let them go and hand them over to Sita and Mother Earth. The meditation was from Sally Kempton's book, Awakening Shakti, and the music was Sita Sahasranam by Prem Prakash Dubey and the Great Compassion Mantra. Thank you for being with me tonight. Good night.